This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. We are at the Extension Studio here at At 530 on Main. This is the At 530 on Main podcast brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group, where we talk about the word experiences. My co-host, Mike, over there builds physical experiences. I mean, architect uh, extraordinaire builds extraordinary spaces that people connect with, uh, with all their senses. Uh, Extend Group, uh, marketing communication, culture building organization, where we come in and, and typically sit on the branding side of that. And we have, uh, I don't know, what number are we on on at 530 on me. We're over 20, right? Yeah. Have to go back well, to this look. is going to be the best one. This is going to be the best one. That's the thing. It's always, <laughs> yeah. Everybody, and it feels, it, it really does feel like it every time. Yeah. It's better and better and better. But um, today we are so lucky, so fortunate and blessed to have Daniela Vidal. She's the chancellor of Ivy Tech Evansville. I've known Daniela for quite some time. I'm thinking over 13 years, 14 years, something like that. Um, Daniela Vidal began her tenure as the chancellor of the Ivy Tech Community College campus on March 16th, 2020. Talking about a perfect time to become a <laughs> chancellor of higher education facility. My goodness. She came into Ivy Tech from the position of Vice President of Operations at Vidal Plastics. Uh, the Evansville campus serves a 10-county region with additional sites located in Princeton and Tell City. Uh, prior to her work at Vidal Plastics, Daniela served uh, more than 10 years in a variety of roles at the University of Southern Indiana, Ghost Eagles, I mean Eagles, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's uh place has a... a place in my heart. Uh, spent many a year out there, maybe one too many, but <laughs> it let me uh, grow and figure out what I really wanted to do. While she was at USI, she was the Director of Opportunity Development, which was housed in the Center for Applied Research, Eagle Innovations Accelerator, and Tech Commercialization, Resource Development, USI, and at, Innova at Innovation Point, and the I-69 Innovation Corridor Initiative. Previously, she was a coordinator of Advanced Manufacturing and Industrial Supervision uh, degree programs at, and an engineering instructor at USI. She also served as a consultant and trainer in the fields of operational excellence and new product introduction and leadership. She also served a variety of roles at Procter & Gamble, Latin America, Mead Johnson, GE, and Berry Plastics. She holds a chemical engineering degree. Uh, my goodness, gonna, I, this is a, an amazing um, track record of success, Daniela. Um, I'm, I'm humbled by reading it. Uh, uh, she's active in the community. Uh, that's where I met Daniela. I actually met Daniela, I believe, through Leadership Everyone, Leadership Evansville at the time, a great organization to connect mm -hmm. 
with uh, innovators here in our community. Um, she serves on the board at uh, YMCA of Southwest Indiana, Wrights Memorial High School, Go Tigers, uh, serve on that board with Danielle as well, the International uh, Center Talent 2025 Education Track Advisory Board, Southwest Indiana Chamber, uh, and Regional Economic Development Coalition. Well, ERAP now. Yeah, ERAP <laughs> now. Let's go. Yeah, so, that all yeah. came together. Yeah, That's right. Even, I should update that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, she was a founding member and past president of OLA, and she's been involved in advocacy for the Latino uh, community since 2001, has taken uh, that passion to both the local and state level. She's been recognized in our community for leadership and community involvement through uh, such honors as being named a JLA's top 25, or top 20, 25, top 20, come on, probably like one or two, top 20 women in business, Athena Award finalist, Leadership Evansville Award, uh, top five most influential women in Evansville, Sydney Berger Community Award, and the YWCA 100 Years hundred women uh, honor there. So in addition to all that, she is so very passionate about economic and workforce development in our region and a few of those projects that she's been included and involved in and helped move forward is the Growth Alliance Innovation and Entrepreneurship Committee Chair, Rural Indiana Technology Commercial Commercialization Initiative, or RI. TCI. Uh, she led the region in application for investing in the Manufacturing Communities Partnership Initiative and the I-69 Innovation Quarter Leadership Team and Steering Committee. Uh, this includes, includes the Brainpower and Innovation and Entrepreneurship Task Forces. How do you, I mean, is there any time to sleep? Well, I was going to say, I think our time's up. So thank yeah. you for being here. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> well, I, for... <laughs> well, I mean, I just want everybody to, I want everybody to know, like, like, you know, we have everybody Good sign Lord. this cup here and, you know, our cup, you know, Philip over here at, uh, cool, at 530 huh? on Main to have, to be able to have conversations with uh, community leaders like Danielle. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Mike, um, we're back to back. I know. So I mean, these introverts, I don't know if we can handle this much talking. Yeah, it's a lot. No, but <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing, yeah, for for me, because VPS, we've done work for Ivy Tech for many many years. Mm -hmm. I know that space down there very well. So I am curious. Yeah, I'd be calling when you back you, for some when refresh. You, <laughs> when you walk in, right with the here's COVID, mm, yes. <laughs> how does that affect you guys? And what was that experience like for that yes. campus? Well, I mean, as you can imagine, so I started Monday, March 16th. So actually, that was my official start date. But I started going into meetings the week before yeah. because everything was happening so rapidly. And um, so I was being pulled into all these decisions and meetings. And I'm like, what is happening? So we come in on Monday. I didn't even have my, a chair in my office. Everybody forgot to order a chair. So I'm like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And then it was like, let's put up these ads that we're going to just put it, you know, we're going to have everybody coming in one door. And then, no, let's go to this other door. And then the next day, no, let's take out that ad. And then the next day, no, we're just closing the building. So it was like every day 
was evolving so quickly. <clears throat> I remember everybody tells me, yeah, a lot of people tell me this when they, you know, when we talked out in the community, they, they all remember that press conference that we yeah. came together with, you know, all the higher eds and, and EVSC and the mayor, and it was my second day on the job. So I'm yeah. like, this is day two, and oh, by the way, we're shutting down. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. Uh, so I, you know, it was, thank God, you know, we have an amazing team, both locally and um, statewide. So one of the, the best things that I discovered as I went into this job is having 18 other chancellors. Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, and, and COVID has really brought us together. This is all I've known is the way we're, we operate now, but apparently it wasn't like that before. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so um, we are a very close-knit group of peers, and uh, we, you know, it's COVID has really brought us together to lean on each other. To me, it was a lifesaver because I just didn't even know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm, sure. I, I just having a, um, a Teams chat where we connect on a daily basis. I'm like, hey, I'm having this problem. You know, what are you doing about that? Or you know, we, you know, hey, what, you know, heads up, this is coming your way. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So that that was incredibly helpful. Um, and just really, you know, try, you know, the first few weeks, you know, we're just trying to figure out how to how to get everybody a laptop and how to transfer all these classes to online and how to make sure our students stay, you know. You know, we, we hold them harmless with all of these changes. Yeah. Um, so that was quite a feat. I can tell you, I'm so impressed with our IT team, with our faculty. I mean, the the amount of work that was done so quickly just to turn these around and go, you know, from one day to the next, go, um, you know, from face to face to virtual. Luckily, we were just we had just finished the first eight weeks. We we're coming back from spring break, so we extended, and we've switch thank god about a year ago or before covid we had ivy tech had gone into a massive change from 16 week semesters to eight week terms so every semester has two eight week terms okay so a lot of our courses are now eight weeks so that was a lifesaver because we were we had just ended first eight weeks and we just delayed the start an extra week to prepare so it, it allowed a little bit of, you know, kind of a, a fresh start in an online mode. So uh, just a lot of details like that. But, you know, through the summer, after about a month, I'm like, okay, I need to go back to my 100-day plan mm-hmm. <laughs> and start kind of embedding <laughs> that in there somehow and started having all my onboarding one-on-ones with everybody uh, via Zoom. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and um, eventually, you know, we went back in, in the building in July, did something called Completion Academy, which was really neat, bringing all those students that needed to have a face-to-face component mm-hmm. to their labs to finish. Yeah. A lot of them needed that for graduation. Right. And they needed to get into a job right away, a lot of them in our health, you know, mm-hmm. uh, areas. Um, so we brought them back, over 400 students, to get those completions they needed and get them either graduated or into the next semester. Um, so that was kind of the first time we were back in the building and it was still very eerie. It was very empty. Yeah. So just going into my office into an empty building, it kind of felt like a pretend <laughs> job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like very weird. Yeah. But um, but it's been fun. It's been fun getting to see everybody in person this summer and um, seeing the rest of their body. <laughs> yeah, because it is an experience in a, in a space like that where, yeah, it's empty, but it might be empty or less empty. Mm-hmm during the summer or when you're off or breaks but there's still right. people there yeah. but yeah when it with COVID it was like they were yeah, just there were, there nobody like 10 of us there yeah. and it was very eerie yeah but you know it's it's uh, it's created a lot of opportunity to learn how to do things differently 
to really stretch everybody out of their comfort zones. And, and so now that we have the options, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that you have to do it just one way, but now we've learned that we can do it different ways. So now we're able to offer all those options. And so we've implemented something called Learn Anywhere. So we're retrofitting um, a great number of our classrooms with Learn Anywhere technology. So our students can choose, even within a, a course, to go, you know, one day in person, and then the next day, if they have, if they get quarantined or they have any other issue, they can, they can stay active on the class mm-hmm. virtually because we're able to transmit, um, you know, our our lecture and our class experience through um, our virtual platform. So that really gives a lot of flexibility to our students Very now. Nice. Where um, you know a lot of our students are adult learners that have complicated yep. lives yep. and. Um, Many times they need to be able to attend class from home or work or wherever. Uh, so those are things that, um, again, a lot of good came from a lot, you know, very challenging times. <laughs> yeah. So so you are, are seeing, uh, like, what everybody says, I just want to get back to normal. So the new normal for you is not, you know, going back to where, right. quote, we had back in mm-hmm. March of 2020. Yeah. Right. You're saying our new normal is, is more enhanced, of a blended, yeah. blended enhanced version it's an enhanced of what we want to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love that, that probably, positivity. That probably expands your reach too. Yeah. You know, people mm-hmm. that may have not gone and just said that. Ah, I can't do these. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. We're able, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're able now to to um, engage students that either in rural communities or like I said, that have very complex lives that feel like, oh, I just can't commit to going right. to campus, you know, two times a week. And transportation issues, childcare issues, you name it. You know, our students have every kind of barrier. Um, and this really allows for a lot of that flexibility. Well, we need to write a book on, on that right there. Just the, the, you know, the, the onboarding process of becoming a chancellor of a, you know, premier educational <laughs> and, uh, organization in, you know, one of the largest regions that we have in the state and being able to go into that tough time. Like, yeah. I think everybody would uh, would read your, uh, <laughs> your success through that yeah, because I know you have a lot of really good things, you know, coming up here mm-hmm. in the future. Um, one of the things I want to brag about is actually, Daniela, uh, when when we first met, just to do a catch-up, I told her a little bit about uh, one of the organizations that I – I guess it's my uh, it's my passion project, and it's a thing that uh, I've really worked on for a long time. It's Technician Academy. Told her a little bit about it and what we have done over the last six years with it. And Daniela, with open arms, was like, "Yes, we need to. There are there are pieces and parts that we need to work together to help facilitate the conversation of the automotive industry mm-hmm. and what benefits it has for the youth of today." And um, stepped up as one of our premier sponsors for our Respect is Learned in the Pits in Indianapolis here in a couple weeks. Very exciting. Labor Day weekend, Ivy Tech uh, Evansville will be on the side of, on on a premier sponsor position with Randy Meyer Racing, the two-time defending U.S. Nationals champion and two-time right. defending <laughs> world champion. So, uh, yeah, look I'm at it. It'll be, on, yeah. it'll be on it Fox. Nice. The logo will be on the dragster. Uh, I know you're bringing students and instructors up yes. to enhance their learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
thank you so much. I just wanted to, to let everybody know that, you know, uh, take a look at, at that program. Ivy Tech is absolutely leaning in to that sector. Yes. And I know you have some big plans yep. for it. Our automotive, um, it is one of our faster growing programs right now. So we are lo- uh, looking at, you know, enhancing and expanding um, our space, our equipment. As you know, a lot of it, there's a lot of technological transformation happening in the yeah. automotive yeah. world. Our cars are changing oh, rapidly yeah. into more, um, you know, with, with batteries and self-driving and, you know, the sensors and computing within a car is very different from our grandfather's <laughs> mechanic <laughs> shop. Uh, so, you know, that that requires a lot of investment in the classroom as well to make sure that we're exposing our students to the latest technologies that they know, you know, they get to a shop and they're going to work on your car and they really know what they're looking at. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's important to stay to stay ahead of those times. And, and that's where we're investing and, um, you know, building some exciting ar- excitement around uh, in our community of, you know, what are the possibilities there. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, the technology that are that are in those vehicles that we're driving around today is is quite phenomenal. Yesterday, we even talked to Ron Ryan a little bit about what he's doing in, in the community and just had the stat of the, uh, you know, the F-22 Raptor, the fighter jet that we have in our U.S. military has a couple million lines of code in its, you know, CPU. And then the Ford Raptor that drives around on the street has 20 million lines of code in it. Mm. So when when yeah. students really think about being you know in the old days a mechanic that's really that's really yeah. not the word for it anymore yeah. it is technician. So all right, enough about uh, enough about automotive and and where that's at. Let's talk about the word experience. Like you've you've defined for us in this short time the the many positives and the challenges that you faced mm-hmm. and overcome through uh, COVID, but what does the word experience mean to you? Sure. I, I think there, there's a two, two-way two meaning to experience. Um, you know, there's the, the first phase of the experience, which, which is the actual how a, a certain situation makes you feel. You know, what is the interaction of um, your psyche and your person with either whether it's a physical product or, or anything else that you're encountering. Um, and that is going to create a reaction or, or a memory or, you know, a certain, make you feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, and so that leads to my the second definition to me of experience, that second phase of what learning that you get from, from that initial um, interaction. Um, and, and what are you going to take away as what's going to stick with you um, in the future so that you can recall that. And that's what's going to give you that experience of, well, now I know how to, you know, either I, I, as you get more of that experience, then it leads to expertise, you know, in, in certain areas. But uh, but it, it really creates that, that recall of, well, this made me feel this certain way. Or now I know not to do this or to do that, you know, because of the way that made me feel um, or the way I interacted with with that situation so so I think it's got that kind of that two two meaning of that initial reaction and then what you learn from it yeah now reading through your your bio here it it amazes me Um, I can't remember what your voice order is but it has to be somewhere between like a creative to connector and then some kind of pioneer or guardian (laughs) right behind it because to be able to go out and do all the innovation and then to be able to scale it immediately, um, that's, a, that's a talent. That's a, I mean, that's, people talk about unicorn. Uh, that stuff is, is really, really hard to do. 
to be able to see the vision and then be able to immediately then go and try to build systems and processes that go to scale. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was reading through that and I'm like, innovation, entrepreneurship, you know, and, but then I also know that you're, you're very passionate about lean and a lot of the other processes that help organizations scale. So, so what a, what an amazing, um, you know, set of talents that is, mm-hmm. um, to be able to immediately envision it, see it, and then start to get down to the granular details mm-hmm. of how that's applied. And then also knowing you, I know you, you build wonderful teams and leaning into those who can take those details and make them their own. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when, when you talk about, when you said your definition, it was very much that here's where we're going. And here's how we do it. <laughs> Very much uh, going through listening to, mm-hmm. to that. So, um, you know, through your, um, you know, life experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, Venezuela, right? Yes. To the United States, to all the wonderful things here. How has that helped you shape um, the way you look at all the experiences that you try to provide for yourself, Mm -hmm. for your family, for your community, and all your teams. Absolutely. And I think I'm very blessed to have had the parents that I I had. So both my parents um, were went to college in in Europe. So from Venezuela, but they had the experience of my mom studying in France and my dad studied in Italy and Spain. So they they experienced that, um, what it does to you when you live in a different culture, in a different Mm -hmm. country. Um, learn a different language through immersion. So, so my dad planned all his life so he w- would be able to retire in his 40s and take us to other countries and to learn other languages. So, so growing up, I was the youngest of five. So, um, we traveled for almost six years. So I was uh, from six to 12. I moved away from Venezuela. I lived in Colombia and the United States, and that's when I learned English as, as a child. I okay. went to school here, um, and and so that. Those transitions, even though obviously at that age, you know, it's kind of hard to be uprooted from your school and all that and the international moves. And, and, and But I am so thankful that I was able to have that experience in my life because that's what's really allowed me to, first of all, adapt to change very easily, um, have, be able to be fluent in, in two languages. Uh, and, and my dad was very adamant that, you know, you learn it young through immersion. Mm-hmm. And then he was always like on me, like because I was the youngest, so he knew that I'd learn it quickly, but I could lose it quickly too. Okay. And so he's like, you know, you got to read in English, you got to practice your English. Don't lose it, don't lose it. So um, that um, that vision that my dad instilled in us is it's really been helpful in uh, in getting all those life experiences and then incorporating it into what you do every day. So through my jobs as I graduated, you know, with Procter & Gamble, I traveled all over Latin America. I was a laundry detergent R&D, so I went to people's homes to see how they do their laundry so we can yeah. put it, adapt it into our formulations and new products. Um, and so that was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I took, at first I'm like, how much science could there be in Tide? I mean, really? Because <laughs> when, when you get a job at Procter, they only recruit right out of high, uh, college. Yeah. And you don't know where they're going to place you. I mean, you just mm-hmm. go into the entry level. And then once you go in, they said, okay, you're going to be, within R&D, there's three areas. There's product development, product research, or packaging development. And so I went into, they put me into product research, which is more of the consumer insight development, like understanding mm-hmm. what the needs are and then trans- translating that into what developments need to happen. 
which was perfect placing. I mean, I, and they, they do all the psychological tests before they place mm-hmm. you, right? So they kind of put, you know put me in the right place. And then they said, okay, you're going to be in the laundry category. And I'm like, oh, that's that sounds so boring. Laundry. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, really? But it was fascinating. Um, and just getting to know, like, everything that goes into the formula and how different countries, like, you had one of my projects was to come up with one formula for all countries. Mm-hmm. And they all have different water hardness. And so mm-hmm. it was just fascinating. Um, so, again, all those traveling experiences and meeting people in their homes and learning how they lived and how they washed their clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Um, so, again, just le- having that experience that leads yeah. to that other side of experience. Okay, now I'll learn. And, and one thing that I, um, that I, my, the way my brain works, and there's nothing I do for that's just the way I was designed, I guess. But I, I make those connections. You know, I can take something that I saw here, and then I'm in a very different situation. I'm like, oh, you know, let's connect that with that. And now we have. Um, yeah. And I think it's that ability to go through those many different um, situations that I've been through, you know, throughout my life. Uh, it, it's enabled kind of me to be able to see those opportunities and connect those dots very, very easily. Yeah, yeah I was going to say very similar world that where we are architecture you got to meet with all the end users you got to meet with the people that mm-hmm. engage with them and get their feedback good bad and different and then shape the space mm-hmm. around how they function how right. how they who they are and make it theirs mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be remodeling it three right. four times yeah. or every time you know and mm-hmm. so that's the last thing people want to do after they spend money is you remodel <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so it's a very important space so What's a space or because you travel, mm-hmm. so that's a great segue. Mm-hmm. What, what, sure. Where have you been? Physical space or it could be anywhere that really gives you an experience, emotional or just sure. joy, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say, uh, you know, my, my faith is very important to me, so I'm Catholic. And, and um, what, so growing up in Latin America, you know, we're still, you know, our churches were mm-hmm. very much still like the old style and architecture of a church. So one thing that struck me, even at, even at my young age when we moved here, was the difference in the churches in the U.S. So they had been modernized, and yeah. they had a like carpet and air conditioning, yep. <laughs> and, and um, you know, the, the, the space was very austere, you know, very stripped down, and uh, yep. the pictures and the depictions were in... It, it, you know, I didn't understand it then, but I remember as a child, it just it bugged me for somehow. I'm like, I just... Something doesn't feel right, and it and it wasn't until recently, as at a much older age, as I've kind of gone deeper into my faith and and, and go to different. Every time I travel everywhere I go, I always try to find the church there and go to mass. Mm-hmm. And so as I've been going through all these different churches, I really understood that it's when you're in a space where you have all that visual around you that it it immediately creates that response almost like a soul <laughs> elevated yeah. response response it, it that's the connection that's you know like you know San my right I go to San my right immediately it's like I just feel in a in a whole different space you know f- in in every sense of the way so so when I go to different churches I I can immediately feel like okay this is a place that it creates an emotional it puts my whole senses in a different scale Versus churches that again that are very scaled down yeah. or stripped, you know, just bare, and there's nothing there. It's like that. I, you know, I don't feel a connection with God oh, in yeah. that space. You know. Yeah. And well, yeah. and even as a young person, I I like the older churches as well. Mm-hmm. 
of course I do because of the architecture and the acoustics. But I always find like if you have like if you have young kids, like there's something you know because eventually mm-hmm. they're going to be like, what's this guy talking about? Right. Yeah, you're just looking around. But they yeah. can look around. There's something to look at. Whereas yeah. like more modern, and, and it's the like beautiful art. There's nothing here versus yeah. like the almost caricature, <laughs> right? You know, versions of what mm-hmm. you see like the stations of the cross. You know, when you see the market, oh, yeah. that's like there. But when you see they're very artistic, I mean, there's so much to appreciate in, in that beautiful art. And then I think it, and I think it's sometimes a visual, and then you can start to hear the words, and oh wait, you're, yeah, and, and then there's a connection there, yeah. yeah. But even just the height, like I always love the walking in, and you know, you mm-hmm. have that, and you're immediately yeah. drawn up before, you know, that's the yeah. whole yeah. point of the design and the and mm-hmm. the connection there. I love that too. And the heart, the, you know, and again, as I I think about those things a lot, but it's the harmony. It's like you know the symmetry mm-hmm. it you know yep. when there's a church that's asymmetric <laughs> it's not. it bothers me so much <laughs> it's like, get that extra row of benches over there like what no, like, that, that there has work, to be work. symmetry you know it's like there's a perfection in symmetry that's yes. got i don't know but that's goes into whole yes topic. all the hair. No, yeah we could dive into that sean you'd love that let's right? go <laughs> kick it off <laughs> absolutely um yeah so as you talk about you know the physical experience and, and how it impacts you know the, the senses and all those things uh, as you look in into the, the future here how is um, you know that that other experience that's connected to us all the time impacting mm-hmm. you and your your product at Ivy Tech you know the mm-hmm. digital world Absolutely. the mobile world the you know, 365, 24-7, you know, I can find whatever I want. Yes. How is that impacting you and, and your students and mm-hmm. and being able to physically connect in yeah. the spaces that they're in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a question that we've been pondering a lot. Leah, <laughs> <laughs> we just had a retreat on that um, in July about kind of the future of, of community college and Ivy Tech. But to me, I've been thinking a lot about it, and, and I think – just like many other industries, you have to go back to, and that's what I did a lot with my consulting, you know, you have to really understand what is the the value that you're providing. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times, again, we have, I always use the, the example of Eastman Kodak. It's not about making film. It's about capturing mm-hmm. memories. Right. So, you know, I was, TSMA this week, you know, Toyota was pre-presenting and they were talking about how they're not anymore like a car-making company. They're a mobility company mm-hmm. so their value is providing people a way to get from point a to point b not mm-hmm. necessarily making cars so i think we need to do that for education as well because right now our biggest competition is not the next higher ed institution next door our biggest competition really is youtube and google mm-hmm. yeah. you know because that's where everybody you know you need you, you need to figure out how to you know work on your car you just google it you know right is why yeah. do you need to go to college for that you know you have every answer at your fingertips on your phone so that's our biggest competition. So so we really need to dig deeper and say, okay, what is the value that we're providing? What is that experience and that um, extra that we that we can uh, that that somebody's going to pay for and invest the time and invest the the resources to get that they're not getting through their phone and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's the question that we need to to really um, ponder on. And and to me. It's it's really that combination of, um, I think online is absolutely critical. We need to be able to have a good online experience that really, um, that, that really provides something 
extra that they're not getting just on, on their own. Right. Uh, which is which it's difficult. I mean, you really need to you know to really spend the the time and the expertise to to be able to give that knowledge transfer on, on an, in an online experience. But it's more than that uh, as well. I think the value of going to a higher education institution is also in the relationships, uh, mostly in the network and the relationships that you create. Yes. Um, and so I think that is critical that we continue to have that physical space that allows for our students to connect, to learn how to, um, again, build that, that work ethic mm-hmm. and, and, and those professional connections, uh, especially for the audience, the, the, our target audience for Ivy Tech, which would be, in many cases, students that are first-generation college, um, that um, the network that they build there might be the only place that they have to build that network. Yeah. You know, other other kids might have, might come, you know, and I say, you know, because, of course, we're in, at Memorial, and, yes. and our kids there grow up with a built-in network. You know, they already have that. They don't need to go to college to build that network. It's already there. They grew up with it. It's their family, friends. It's their cousins. But many of our students don't have that opportunity. And going into a physical space in a classroom with an instructor that gets to know them, and that instructor has the connections with employers that can say, hey, this student could really be a good fit for your um, job opening over here. That's pri- that is priceless, and that is a value that you can't Google. <laughs> that's it, well. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Is like as an employer <laughs> of people, there's something to be said there that you made the commitment, that you made the choice to get the education, mm-hmm. to do the work, to put in the time. There's value there because you're not going to learn everything you need to know. Whether you go to a four year school, whether you go two year, what. Tech Academy, whatever, you're not yeah. going to learn everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I think there's a misconception there for people like, I'm going to learn everything, get out. Now I know how to do everything. Like, right. No, no, no. Yeah. What you're really doing is learn how to think, mm-hmm. learn how to make connections, and learn, and just showing a commitment that I'm, hey, I want to do this for my career. Mm-hmm. And then when you come to us, you're going to learn a lot yeah. more. That's when you're going to you, learn. You start getting some experiences right. that are going to lead to that expertise. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you need those experiences that, that, can really make that kind of hand-eye-brain coordinated <laughs> connection <laughs> that, yeah. that make it stick. Yeah, it's a, yeah. as I always say, the, the respect is learned kind of, it's, you know, it. we, over time, depending on whether we've learned what to do or what not to do from our upbringing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it gives you that next level of, of respect for, you know, showing up, knowing what the process is, knowing that you need to be at a certain location, knowing that you're going to have colleagues there that are experiencing the same things and they come from different areas. You have a whole lot of mentors uh, that help guide you along the way, and, and you you learn the respect for that process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you may, you know, flop it a couple times, but, you mm-hmm. know, there is no growth w- without failure. Right. And sometimes I think that that interim of going from high school to whatever your next thing is, mm-hmm. is that you, there's so much, I see it in, in my son today, the perfectionist tendencies of, mm-hmm. because they're on all the time. <laughs> yeah. And if they take the wrong picture or if they say the wrong thing on social media, yeah, it's... it is very, very bad, very, very quick. Mm-hmm. So they are holding themselves up to such a high standard yeah. that it's, 
you know, to have that mentorship, to be mm-hmm. able to have that individual and say, you know what, it's okay, you know, like, uh, as Ted Lasso says, be a goldfish, you know, they only have a 10 second memory, like you, you <laughs> I actually use that on the softball field now, it. like, you know, don't carry that one error that you had at the beginning right. of practice yeah. through the whole thing and then yeah. go home and tell mom and dad about it, like, be a goldfish, like, know that you made the error, uh, learn from it and move Let on. It go. Yeah, yeah, do not carry it. And Absolutely. and I think there's a lot of that physical and emotional mm-hmm. experience that takes place in there, that mentorship with being in that physical uh, mm-hmm. environment and being able yeah. to make the connections that aren't, you know, you know, keyboard, you know, keyboard tough. Mm-hmm. So and, to watch, speak. Yeah. and watch other people fail, right? And know that other people are failing around you right. just as much as you're failing or struggling and yeah. that because a yeah, lot of times, yeah, life, yeah, they see this and they're like, oh my gosh, you've been perfect from day oh, one, right? No. You did it all. No failure ever. <laughs> oh, I could, I could have like three pages of like things that I do every day that it's, it's a family joke. It's like I am such an absent-minded person. Like It's, like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, but watching other people do it and then make a joke about it and not, not let it hold no. them back. I think there's an there's an experience yeah. there that's a value that you're not going to get yeah. on a computer. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. Yeah. Any way in which the that personal passion for innovation and, you know, those connections and all those things, how's that fueling, you know, you for the next generation of Ivy Tech? Oh, I mean, it's it's something I think about every day. You know, it's like how, you know, what I just mentioned, you know, how do we transform and really understand what is that value that we provide? So then we can take that, and as we look at our processes, we can make those. And then that's where I start using my lean <laughs> value <Yeah>. stream <laughs> mapping t- tools of saying, okay, if this is experience and this is the value, how do we optimize and maximize that and take away all these other activities and things that we do that don't add value and that really take away a lot of energy? Yeah. Um, so that we can really focus on what's important to the student and and get them from from application into Ivy Tech to completion of a program in the shortest timeline and with the best experience that they can they can get. So um, that's something that again I'm, I'm starting to you know start putting our teams together to think through that through that as well. And then the other piece that you know is part of kind of my vision for for Ivy Tech Evansville. Um, it's it's how do we connect and outreach and, and bring in what I call our hidden communities. Um, you know, we talk a lot with Talent 2025 about population growth and that we need to, you know, attract and retain talent. Mm-hmm. And my challenge is that we also can't forget about the people that it's already here, that yes. it's outside of our labor market <laughs> currently for many reasons. It could be that they're in rural communities, they're immigrants, they're um, in, they're in a convicted or, in, or in incarcerated or they have addictions or you name it, you know, they're that, that have fell off the wayside. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we keep saying, well, we got to bring more people. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of people here that could be great employees. We just need to take the extra time to um, connect with them, remove the barriers and provide the skills so they can reach their potential and satisfy the, the, the 
labor shortages that yeah. we have right now. So, but that's, but it, but it's not easy. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it were easy, there weren't that. <laughs> we already had them in our, in our classrooms. But uh, so it's how we figure that out. How do we, um, again, optimize our processes so that we have the time, the extra time and the extra attention to be able to do those difficult cases mm -hmm. uh, because they do require a lot of one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. attention um, and um, to, to make, to get to that successful completion. But I think that's going to benefit our community so much if we're able to figure that out and, and reach out again. We have a 10 county region. Um, how do we how do we provide those educational opportunities to our, you know, Pike counties and Perry and Spencer and Knox, you know, and uh, and make sure that all of the people living in those communities can have access to the educational opportunities mm -hmm. to satisfy the jobs that are available or create new jobs, which is kind of what we were doing with I-69 corridors. Yes. Yeah. How do we create the opportunities so our kids want to stay here in this region because they they have exciting job opportunities. Well, yeah, and then you talk about the the barriers, right, mm -hmm. of broadband. I mean, that's just yeah. that's a big thing in our rural communities right now, and that's huge. Everyone's trying to get huge. fixed. That yep. you know makes it even more challenging for you guys because if you're oh part, you can be online, but wait, you can't, you can't be online. Can't be online. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things through COVID that was very very difficult. Um, it it really broke my heart, and that's one of the, the things I want to make sure we we're very aware of of mm -hmm. not creating a digital divide that is going to separate our community or society to the point where those that can't have access to right. those resources are so far behind that it's an unsurmountable gap. Um, and and that's some of the things that we saw with our students when we went um, when we went remote. They were taking classes on their cell phones and in their cars. You know, we 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 did Wi-Fi in our parking lot so they could come to our mm -hmm. parking lot and do it. But I mean, it's very hard to take a biology test on your cell phone yeah. where you have to try to download these graphs and read them and answer <laughs> in a certain... It's just crazy. I mean, you can't... I mean, and we saw all of these students that they don't have a, a conducive um, space in their homes to learn. Right. And so they're in their car with the kids in the back. I mean, it's just very challenging to learn um, in, in that capacity or with spotty signal. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't... Um, and, and you know you're trying to listen to a class and and you you know your zoom keeps kicking you out and or the wheel spinning more than yeah. so <laughs> as a future minded innovator that still has that that scale piece how do you take the time like how do you have patience in the process how mm -hmm. i mean it you know i we see it you know mike mm -hmm. and i are intps or creative pioneer guardians and we can see it and we want it applied and we think it's immediately done. Mm -hmm. I think you have similar characteristics there. Like, how have you taken time to relish the process in the middle mm -hmm. and celebrate the little wins? Yeah, that's, that's it's one of the hardest things to do because <laughs> you always want to see the finished product. But, but it's important that we do it because if not, we get, it's such a big, overwhelming challenge uh, that unless you really break it down and say, okay, well, Let's just focus right now on these group of students and get them solid and yeah. learn from that and go to the next one and go to the next one. Um, and I think it's important to kind of take take that time to to celebrate, you know, those small steps. Because um, a lot of times, from what I've learned through through a lot of my lean implementations, is 
you're never going to have that perfect vision right away. You know, it's, you know, so you almost have to really get to that, those pilot projects and do a little bit, learn from it, you know, adapt. And it's going to be a constant change. Um, So I don't worry. I've learned not to worry too much about having the perfect solution design. I'm like, it's going to come. Don't worry. Let's trust (laughs) the process. (laughs) You know, I'm not too worried if it's very, I I thrive in ambiguity, which it's not everybody's cup of tea. And I sometimes I need to be careful not to, um, because I'm, I'm perfectly okay with not having that everything perfect, yeah. very well defined. I'm like, it's fine, it's going to come. And other people really like that structure and get yeah. very stressed oh, yeah. when we don't have that well definition. <laughs> uh, so I need to be careful sometimes with that. But, but you know, in this world that we're in, you almost have to because everything's changing so fast. You can't really set something up in stone because it's going to be different, yeah. you know, a year from now. So <laughs> so you have to kind of be, um, be very flexible and adaptable uh, in, uh, as you start shaping what that future looks like oh yeah deal with that every day (laughs) you have a building and people want to know oh i want to detail this and never change i'm like no no no. i got the whole picture (laughs) up here but you need to just trust the process and trust that the details will come last the noting all that that'll come last we don't need to worry about it day one when we're trying to lay out a floor plan yeah. for a space and another thing that i've learned through experience uh, is that most things really go come down to you, you have to always bring it down to basics um we we sometimes <laughs> tend to add all this complexity and and, it, and it's really not doesn't need to be that complex i mean yeah. there's some basic principles to human behavior and to life that yeah. are unchangeable they've been the same for thousands of years <laughs> and, and if we understand those basic principles and stick to that and, and and design things that appeal to those basic principles and keep it simple yeah yeah so what's something that's well-designed, what would you say? Because you said you were in R&D, and so what's something that's well-designed you use every day that's just simple? It's like, it's perfect, it couldn't change. I really, well, one thing I really like, it's it's Apple products, honestly. But, um, and the, the way um, Steve Jobs really thought about mm-hmm. designing products and, and how the functionality of using your finger, you know, we don't need to yeah. interact with a keyboard or a mouse, let's use your <laughs> finger, what's natural. Um, and I really enjoy the integration. It's getting a little clunky. I'm a little worried. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but um, I've, I really love the integration of all of that, all of the family of Apple products and, and the way it simplifies your life. Um, it's really amazing uh, how, you know, the iPhone has transformed so many mm. things that we do that we used to have. 10 different products and now it's only one um and as something I remember i was i was doing a lot of consulting when the iphone first came out and as something i would i would often use in my um in my consulting you know, in my trainings and it's like at that point it had been like three or four years and i said imagine yeah. in four years how much of your life has changed because of mm-hmm. an iphone oh, um yeah. you know i don't you know we don't have alarm clocks we don't have flashlights we don't no. have compasses yeah. we don't have there's so much that's been replaced with one simple product so so that kind of, uh, but when you think about it and how we got to this, because now you feel like, oh, it's second nature. Yeah. But there was so much that was radically transformed by simplifying and saying, well, let's build a platform where you have apps, where these apps can do all these different things, where you interact with it with your finger, where, it, you know, mm-hmm. it took so much to get to that simplicity yeah, <laughs> of that, design that's the the thing i think with with apple that um 
the systems and the processes that went behind. Apple, be, Apple and Steve Jobs knew that he had to become a software. I mean, he had to become a distribution network, mm -hmm. and his products were going to deliver that service. Mm -hmm. And today, if you look at uh, the profit, and, and the devices make up just a small fraction of right. what iTunes and all the, uh, you know, yeah, iCloud and yeah. all the other stuff. It's very similar to Amazon. Everybody thinks the shopping experience is mm -hmm. like their, their big money maker. It's actually the infrastructure they, right. they've built on on technology, yep. uh, cloud-based AWS services. Which and we, all just, we just launched a partnership yeah. with Ivy Tech <laughs> and right. AWS, and we got now a cloud certificate for AWS, so yeah. Well, I was gonna say, well, when you talk about simplicity, that was a Jobs, right? When he left and then he comes back and he wipes out like how many hundred yeah. Yeah. Products, products that were in development, he's like, no, it's no, all no, junk no. and it's too yeah. complicated. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. so pretty amazing. So, yeah, that's a brilliant. That was a brilliant mind that it's, yeah. it's worthwhile reading. There, there reading. is one. I think it's called Jobs. Yeah. It's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. That movie. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah. I yeah. love that and movie. And the book. I mean, the book yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. Don't know if that's true, but the I. The iPod, his daughter had the big CD, yeah. I think, casing. Yeah. He's like, that's yeah. too that's clunky. What? Yeah, that's good thought. <laughs> and, and then it's just, and then he's taking all that concept and putting it down into these basic, the, the the wording. Yeah. I mean, it's like a thousand songs in your pocket. Boom. I mean, it's it's yeah. so simple, but it's so powerful. And so the more we can understand kind of that purpose and that value and then put it into a simple phrase that people immediately can understand, I think that's yeah. that's the power of a good thought out design. Mike right here We're says 53 minutes. Oh. 53 okay. minutes. Already. That's how quick it goes. Yeah. Wow. Everybody's so and that sounds like a, a long you know, time. That's, that's a long time, <laughs> but it can just kind of get into pop, it. pop, mm. pop. So as <laughs> we get into the uh, final questions here, it comes into more of. I think you just touched on one of them, uh, but if there was a person, product, or brand that has the most authentic, holistic experience today, person, product, brand, who's doing it right? Hmm. Well, yeah, we kind of talked about yeah. a little bit um, Apple and Steve Jobs. Hopefully, it'll, it'll continue with that spirit. Like I said, I've kind of <laughs> yeah. worried a little bit. Yeah. Um, Anybody else? I mean, honestly, not 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 because I'm here, but I really love the your your spaces are always so oh. inspiring and fresh and and exciting. I, I I really you know of course I went to your old offices and now you this new office <laughs> space that you're here it's it's fascinating i mean the, the from the colors to you know the the um the design the the way you have the spaces laid out the open concept i i just really you come in here and you feel energized you feel wow. exciting so i really you're doing that's I think an honor i think you're doing it well you're thank doing it very you. well thank you man I'm blushing a little bit Good job. <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks mike Thanks. Yeah. Mike, uh, Mike could see the vision. You know, we were over there and he said, you know what? Uh, we need to be closer. You know, we need to we need to collaborate more. And he said, come look at this space and walked right through it. And I'm like, ah, a little paint, a little carpet, yeah. some some lighting. Let's go. And you don't know. What, you don't want to know what it looked like <laughs> before. So someone had to have a vision like like architects and designers yeah. do to go. Yep. This will work. Yeah. No, it's 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 great. It is fascinating. Love it. So, um, what are you looking forward forward to experiencing over the rest of the year? Like, what's uh, on your bucket list, so to speak? 
to finish sure. up the year? Well, I think I really want to use this second half of the year to lay the foundation of of our future. You know, of what do we need to do to to position ourselves for an enduring mm-hmm. legacy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because we are in that uh, we're in that inflection point right now. I think in in higher education, and we knew that was coming. I mean, for years we've been hearing about higher education in general that needed to have a transformation, and and it was kind of slow coming. And of course, COVID really <laughs> kind of was a uh, a forced yeah, do it situation now. <laughs> of okay, it has to happen. Uh, but now it's it's like okay, we're there. We have the you know we had the wake up call. We know that things. It's it's kind of like a nine eleven moment. You know mm-hmm. that from there on out, things yeah. were always going to be different. I think from here on out, we know that things are always going to be different from where it was before COVID. Um, but it's what do we do with it? How do we how do we take this and really make the transformations and make the um, and, and design our, our solutions in the way that, you know, our, our communities and our students and our employers need need us to, to respond. So um, so it's a lot to ponder about, but that's exciting because I always like that kind of challenge. So that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what I'll be doing these next few months. Love it. So um, before we get to the infinite, you know, we, we have this, uh, it's called pod decks. Okay. It's an interview deck. Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody was an entrepreneur and said, I'm just going to take every question that I've ever had on my podcast and put them into a deck of cards, Uh-oh. and now you can talk about it. <laughs> so uh, before we get into that, how do our listeners connect with you, Danielle? Sure. So, um, you know, my email, if you want to send me an email, it's M, as in Maria, because that is my first name, Maria, mvidal1 at ivytech.edu so you can always shoot me an email um, I'm on social media you can find me there shoot me a message there um, and I just uh, call Ivy Tech Chancellor's office and I will get that call I don't remember my phone number but <laughs> <laughs> it's in the directory yeah. <laughs> on the website look on the website that is one thing yeah. that iPhones have done to us now we don't remember any oh, phone yeah. number I don't even know my kids phone numbers which <laughs> is bad yeah, you just, oh, no, you I just say dial Bailey yeah, or whatever exactly. it is, you know, and it so. goes. Or you had that the piece of paper that had everybody's phone number written down on it, and you had to pull it out of the drawer. Like, I just <laughs> don't remember it. So I used yeah. to remember everything, every number, phone number. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Oh, boy. Okay. The challenge question. Let's see. What technology do you wish existed? Oh, teletransportation, no doubt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been mine. Teleporting. Oh, yeah. I need to teleport everywhere. That would yeah. be so, that's what just I need. Like, uh, that's what I need. Just like Star Trek. Just yes. whoop, You're there. Beat me over there. Yeah. Because, well, because I lived in Italy. I lived in Venice. So you take uh-huh. trains. That was long, long ago. Everywhere. And so. Yep. I got to love it. Because mm-hmm. you could read. Yeah. You could do what, you that's could study. Cool. And on this two hour trip. Mm-hmm. And then I come back here. I'm like. I got to drive? What a waste of time. I know. It's awful. <laughs> it, it is. It is absolutely, yeah. So much waste so, of time. I do like, do a lot of audible books, but. Yeah. <laughs> so my big, my big picture is like the, the light rails, right? Mm-hmm. Between the medians of every highway, you could have a light rail and just. There you go. Send people that back works. and forth. And That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But. I'll go with the, I, I'd love to be, I mean, I could get so much more done, I think. Just to. Open up mm-hmm. the portal and walk through it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go in there. 
Now Practice. You're, yep. You're yep. there. Done. I'm there. Oh, board meeting. Okay, <laughs> boom, right there. Exactly. That'd be amazing. That, yep. So that's yep. what I need in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they talk about, you know, with, with transportation going all the way back to, you know, mobility, the ability to get from point A to point B and, and talking to the younger generation, just mm-hmm. all the, they see it as a productivity moment. Yeah. Like, I don't want to drive because I can do something else while I'm getting mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a time thing. Yeah. yeah. So. And I do say the commute, I mean, when I used to work at, at GE in Mount Vernon, I lived in Newburgh, and so it's an hour commute. It was it was kind of nice to have that quiet. I had little kids back Shift then, so right. <laughs> it was yeah. nice to have that one hour of, like, just me time. <laughs> but but not every day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and twice a day. It's like, it gets old. Yes. Yeah. After a while. Well, as we wrap up at 530 on Main, any uh Last comments, anything we, we forgot to cover? Yeah, so if you have a boring commute, and liven it up by listening to our podcast. There you um, go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, how do, so how do we hour. listen to your podcast? At 5.30 on Maine, it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere, actually. Awesome. I think we're, it's on the website, it's on extendgroup.com, there's links on VPS Architecture to get to it. Um, we feature it on all the social media uh, both on VPS and Extend Group. So every episode that comes out gets mm-hmm. promoted there. So the Extend Group on social media here, VPS Arc on all the other okay. social media for VPS architecture, LinkedIn Perfect. included. Um, as Mike said, like this experience, um, we don't want it to be a vacuum. We don't want to be just speaking out and, you know, hopefully there's topics that you want to hear covered. Mm-hmm. So we have contact forms, we have star ratings, we have all those things. Like, share it, put it out there. Uh, want to grow the experience. And if you know someone mm-hmm. who wants to be on the podcast, you can also recommend them to uh, take part. So, um, will do. As always, as we wrap up here in the Extension Studio, 5.30 on Main Podcast, uh, Mike, Daniela, thank you for your time today. Thank you. This was fun. I love it. Leaning, I mean, everyone here leans into this community and, and does so much. Thank you for, for that. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 5.30 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.